Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. Well, hello, friend, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today I am excited to be with you for maybe not a super sexy topic, but a very important and often asked about topic. Before we dive into that, though, um, a little bit of a just kind of a preface and background. Um, If I sound a little funny today, it's because I'm very congested. Um, And if you hear any like sharp cuts where it sounded like, you know, I paused the podcast and started re-recording, probably because I had to go blow my nose. Um, Maybe you all don't want to think about that, but you know, it's winter time, like flu stuff is happening, cold stuff. Um, I've been like on and off sick for six weeks, which I mentioned in the intro to last week's episode, because I recorded that intro right before I hit record on this podcast episode. Um, we, uh, this is going to be like much after the fact, but I didn't talk about this on any previous episodes. Um, we now in the company, um, it's weird saying company, isn't it? Because I don't feel, I feel like company denotes like a certain size of business, but now I don't, I don't know. Now that I have employees, it also just like kind of feels more correct. Um, but also like I'm inflating the size of my business. It's weird, right? Mindset shit. Yeah. yeah. So in my business, we are now observing uh, quiet weeks for two weeks, twice a year. So over us uh, in the summer, like end of June through 4th of July, and then like Christmas time through New Year's. And all that really means is that like, we don't do team meetings. We try not to have any client meetings if possible. Um, we do, the, the only thing we're really trying to do during that period of time is Facebook group approvals like every few days. So people aren't totally left hanging for two weeks and then checking the customer support email at least every other day in case we have, you know, like any billing issues or anything like that with our clients. Um, otherwise we're going quiet. So I am recording this episode um, right before we start our quiet weeks in December. Um, and it's actually my anniversary today, six years with my uh, wonderful, amazing, handsome husband, lots of stuff happening. Um, not that you needed all that information, but I wanted to get this episode recorded so we could get it batched out before uh, my team goes on vacation. And also this episode originally I intended to come out a week later, Um, I wanted to do my year in review this week that this episode will be be released because I figure, you know, like the sooner we can do it to the end of the year, new year, the better. But then I thought we better do this episode earlier because although a lot of you may not be thinking about 1099s just yet, you should be because now's the time to like get them rolling. A lot of people are not really thinking about it until like they hit the oh shit moment the last week of January and then they're not able to get them out in time. So this is me trying to give you more advanced notice of what your obligations are so that you can meet them in a more timely fashion. Now, If you weren't listening to the podcast uh, last year, you haven't been following me that long. I basically did this exact same episode last year. Um, I decided it's just going to be like a 
pattern now, but rather than republish that episode, I'm just redoing it because um, I've made some updates. So um, starting last year and now every year, because I realized how important this is for folks and how needed it is, um, I update my blog post. It's kind of a pillar blog post at this point. You can find it at www.bradendrake.com forward slash 1099s. So that's 1099 in the letter S. Don't know why I decided to make it plural, but it is. Uh, we have good SEO, I think, so I don't want to change it. So 1099s. Um, I'm basically going to be like reading through almost like an audiobook version of that blog post. But if you like to read, if you prefer to read, um, you can do both or either doesn't really matter. Um, but if you do end up really needing this episode, meaning you think you're going to need to send some 1099s, you will want to access that because we have a really handy flow chart that I've created that you can actually download and keep at your desk. And then we also have step-by-step -step instructions on how to send 1099s, all right? Um, I also remember last year when we did this blog post, it was getting shared like in all kinds of Facebook groups and actually was kind of a catalyst in a lot of weird ways to grow my email list and kickstart the contract vault because I remember I was promoting this 1099 blog post and I created the contract vault at the same time and it seemed like there was like this huge boom in my business in January. Um, we like made more revenue that month than I thought we would because we weren't really launching anything, but we did launch the contract. Well, anyhow, it was an exciting time. Um, so we'll see if this January, again, I'm recording this like a month early, but we'll see if this January kind of does the same. The kind of point of that was, God, I'm all over the place today, friends. The kind of point of that was, if you have any friends who have questions about 1099s, just send them to this podcast episode or this blog post, all right? There's a lot of confusion, and I lead, I've read a lot of resources, and most of them are very, very incomplete, which is why I decided to create this, okay? All right. Why do we send 1099s? I'm always a big believer in background and education. Uh, I'll keep this pretty short. Don't worry. I think this really helps you understand um, why we send 1099s, which helps you understand when you would need to send them. So why do we send them? Well, because the IRS requires us to, that's the obvious reason, but why should the IRS care? Well, here's why. If I paid you, let's say $2,000 to update, update my website, if you're a web designer, take my brand photos, if you're a photographer, write some website copy, manage my social media, whatever, I'm going to take a $2,000 business deduction for that, right? Like, it's a business expense, it's deductible. Flip side, if you hired me, like that would probably be a business deduction. If I take a $2,000 deduction for contractor expenses, that logically means someone else earned $2,000 in income from me, which makes sense. But freelancers are notoriously bad at taxes because they're not all reading my blogs and listening to this podcast. The IRS doesn't trust them to report all their income. 1099s in part solve this problem. And they do this in two ways. First, with 1099-Ks, third-party payment processors are required to issue 1099-Ks if their users meet certain income or transaction thresholds. For example, I earn about 95% of my income through my website, bradendrake.com, which is connected to Stripe. So my website is hosted by Kajabi. Kajabi links to Stripe. Stripe collects the payments, puts it on my bank account, right? That's how I make the vast majority of my income. Um, the bulk, so all of that income that comes from Stripe, I will get a 1099 for. So Stripe will issue me a 1099K. For this reason, all my clients and students who pay me through my website don't need to issue me a 1099. 
Make sense? Otherwise I'd be getting two. So I, I, I would essentially, it would be like doubling my income and then I'd be paying twice as much tax. The second method. Um, so remember I said uh, that the IRS solves the problem of people not reporting their taxes in two ways. So the 1099K was one way. There's actually a lot of ways they solve that problem, but for our businesses specifically, we're talking about two ways. The second is through the 1099 NEC. I've heard people call it a 1099 NEC or a 1099 NEC. It stands for 1099 Non-Employee Compensation. All right. And uh, this 1099 is for money paid to someone who is not an employee. So according to the IRS, you must file a 1099 NEC for each person in the course of your business to whom you have paid during the year at least $600 in services performed by someone who is not your employee. There is also an exception for payments made to S or C corporations and LLCs that have elected to be taxed as such. Naturally, there are exceptions to the exception. Lawyers must get a 1099 even if they have corporations. Very fun. It's because the IRS doesn't trust the lawyers. There are a couple of other very rare exceptions, which you can find at the link that I put in the blog post. You are also not required to issue a 1099 if you paid the service provider by credit card, PayPal, or other, quote, third network providers, unquote. Wondering why credit card and third-party payments are excluded? Um, I kind of covered that above, but it's because those companies issue the 1099-K, which takes the place of the 1099-NEC. They have thresholds. Those third-party payment processors have thresholds of when they will actually send a 1099, but that's their problem, not our problem. Um, if you don't get a 1099, first of all, if you do not receive a 1099-K in the mail from any payment processors you use, log into those payment processors and search to see if they have a 1099 in your account because most of them are paperless, so they won't mail them. You have to go find them. I learned that lesson the hard way when I did not report a 1099 in like my second year of business. Um, yeah, so other, uh, oh, the, the other thing I wanted to say is if they, even if, if they don't have a 1099 in your account, you still have to report the income, right? But it's not, you don't need to like stress over not receiving a 1099. You just report the income as you otherwise would and you're good to go. So in summary, you need to send a 1099 to someone if you answer yes to each of the following. So this is, you hire someone, do you need to send them a 1099? Well, if you answer yes to each of the following, you would. One, the person was a non-employee, so a contractor, they're not an employee. Two, the person worked on behalf of your business. So on behalf of your business is important, right? So if I hire, um, if I hire a housekeeper or a gardener, or I hire someone to help me like create a piece of furniture, you get a picture. All that kind of stuff is personal stuff, right? So I'm not going to issue a 1099 neck for that. Now there are like, uh, we have rules around, what do they call it? Household employees, which is kind of a different thing. Like if you have a nanny, you might want to look into that, but that's not what we're talking about today. So the person worked on behalf of your business. You hired them to do work in your business. Three, you paid the person $600 or more in total during the tax year. This one is important. I've learned that people, people also like to get a little silly with this rule, meaning I just talked to someone yesterday morning 
who said that she tries to um, only hire people and pay them up to like $500 and then she won't work with them. Like she's not going to work with them anymore because she doesn't want to pass the $600 threshold, Um, which like I kind of get it because if you had, maybe you're just like, I don't want to have to send 1099s. It's a pain in the ass. So I'm going to try to avoid paying people $650. I get that. But if you understand the rules, like we're paying those people, well, it depends how you pay them, right? But if you're paying them via PayPal, then you wouldn't need to tend on any of them anyway. So it like doesn't really matter. But I think some people think this threshold has to do with like contractor misclassifications. Like it's going to help them like the IRS, like find them or whatever, but that's, it's not really the case. You just need to know the rules and send the 1099s if you need to send them. So that was three, four, uh, you paid the person via cash check or ACH or, um, yeah, so you pay the person via cash, check, or ACH. I'm just going to leave that one there because that's when you need to 1099 them. It's not through the credit card. It's not through some other third-party third party processor that's going to do the 1099K, all right? I find that nowadays, like, we're not paying a lot of contractors. Well, you might be paying contractors cash. I find in most circumstances when people are paying cash, they have the intent not to report anything, which I'm not advising, um, checks probably don't happen a whole lot. ACH payment might be more common. And I have an example on that in a moment. And then five, the person is a sole prop, single member LLC, multi-member LLC, or partnership. In other words, they are not taxed as an S corp or a C corp. So that's when you would need to 1099 them. But how do you know what their business structure is? So how do you know this number five? Well, that's a great question. If you answered yes to the first four questions, so that was the non-employee worked in your business, $600 or more. You pay them with cash, check, or ACH. If you answered yes to those, then you should request a W-9 from this person, all right? On the W-9, they will share their business structure, which you can use to determine whether you should issue them a 1099. So a lot of people also kind of freak out every year because they're like, this person's requesting a W-9. I don't want them to 1099 them. I don't want them to 1099 me. Well, Really, people should be requesting W-9s from you and the W-9, what you put on the W-9 is then going to dictate whether they do send you a 1099. Hope that's clear. What you put on the W-9 will dictate whether they send you a 1099. But let's say, um, let's say that you like tell someone, so you tell someone, hey, you don't need to 1099 me. So they don't, right? And then uh, two years later, the IRS is like, why didn't you 1099 them? You needed to 1099 them. They're going to say, well, they told me not to. And the IRS is going to be like, okay, well, where's the W-9, right? And you're going to say, I didn't collect it because they told me I didn't need to 1099 them. And now you're in trouble because the IRS is like, well, actually, legally, you were supposed to. Versus you get a W-9 from that person. And the W-9 says, I'm an S corporation, which means that you don't send them a 1099 unless they are a lawyer, like they own a law firm or they fall under the one of the other exceptions. So then you don't 1099 them. And then a couple of years later, the IRS is going to say, well, actually they're uh, a sole prop. So you should have 1099 them. And you're going to say, well, I got the W-9. Um, so they basically, like, they basically lied. Now it's their fault. Like it's their problem. It's not your problem. So I hope that's clear. Um, just because someone asks you for a W-9, that's not a bad thing. You just get, just give it to them, right? Maybe you just tell them, Sometimes it doesn't hurt to be clear. Like, here's my W-9 as it states on there. I am an I am an S Corp. Also, you paid me via credit card, right? So for multiple reasons, um, I'm giving you my W-9, but I'm also letting you know that I should not be receiving a 1099 from you because when they do send you one and they're not supposed to, it's a huge pain in the ass. 
Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I, I told you, you probably wouldn't want to hear all that, but that's, you know, where we are. So some examples, sometimes it's easiest to apply these rules with examples. So example one, a few awesome virtual assistants work with me on a regular basis in my business. I pay them through Gusto. Gusto is a, a payroll processor. Gusto links to my business bank account and pays the contractors through ACH payment. Two of those contractors work in the U.S., so I would need to issue them a 1099 neck, assuming I paid them $600 or more during the year. That's because I paid them via ACH, right? And they're working in my business, $600 or more, all of the things. Um, Gusto makes this very easy and automates the 1099s for me. Um, I am a big fan. If you want to use them, I have an affiliate link in the blog post. Example two. A few rockstar business owners promote my various programs. They earn affiliate commissions when they get sales. So I have affiliates that promote the contract vault every month. Um, they'll make 50% uh, commission on the sales. I have a lot of people who will get like one, two sales a month, but some people will actually like send a promotion email and get 20 sales, in which case I'm sending them $300, right? So I pay the via PayPal, which is a third-party payment program. Thus, I would not need to issue them a 1099. Example three. This year, I hired my fabulous friend, friend, my fabulous friend to do another brand photo shoot. It's funny because I wrote this blog post last year. Um, and then I was like, maybe I should update this to say last year. But then I remembered that I actually hired Crystal again to do my drag tax photos this year. So it's still perfectly up to date. So I hired my fab friend to do a brand photo shoot. Please see all my beautiful website photos on both my primary website and my drag tax website. She sent me an invoice through HoneyBook. I paid with my business credit card. I would not need to send her a 1099. I would only issue her a 1099 if I had paid her via ACH, uh, which some payment processors do allow you to do. So those are the examples. Um, I'm not going to go through the rest of the blog post, but it's here if you would like to go through it. Um, I go through and talk a little bit more about third-party payment processors. Um, I give some more context. People often ask, well, what do I do when I get a 1099 for some of my income? And then the rest of my income, I don't have a 1099 for. And the short answer is it still all gets combined um, in like in the business section of your tax return on your Schedule C. So I discuss that in more detail in the blog post if you want to read that. And then we also have a step-by-step how-to on how to send 1099s. It's pretty easy. Um, there are third-party programs that do 1099s for you if you're not already using something like Gusto. Most of them will charge like $1 to $5 per 1099 that you need to send. So if you're sending five, you know, it's going to cost you like probably like 10 to 25 bucks, I would imagine. So it's not real expensive and it's a lot easier than doing like a mailing in paper, like paper forms to the IRS. So if you have to send a 1099 based on what you've learned, go check that out. Um, all the details are in the blog post. Um, thank you for bearing with my cold and sickness. And I hope that you have had a great kickstart to your new year. Um, in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking more about we're going to do my year in review, which I think will be fun. Um, I think I'm going to have Claire on to interview me about that. We'll see if the schedule allows that to happen. Um, we're going to be doing, well, you can definitely expect some tax season episodes coming up. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I guess that's all I can tell you because it's not even Christmas yet as I'm recording this. I haven't done my annual planning yet. So there's lots of question marks for me, but 
you will probably have the answers to those question marks by the time this episode comes out, which will be fun for everyone. So that's all. Um, I wish you the best and uh, thanks for tuning in. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.